0: So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you some remarkable statistics, which will demonstrate why it's a terrible idea to copy your competitors when it comes to pricing. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It is the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waits. This is hopefully going to be a relatively brief episode because there's some stats I'm going to share with you, as I said in the introduction, which are very scary when it comes to setting your prices and the value which everybody in your industry is currently creating and making for themselves. So uh, today, though, the topic is all about competitive pricing. So charging based on what your competitors charge. The definition, though, of competitive pricing is a a strategy where businesses take competitive prices into account when setting their own prices. So first of all, I'm gonna be going through um, the stats, which I talked about in the intro. I'm gonna be talking about the pitfalls and the disadvantages of competitive pricing, then also what the advantages of competitive pricing are. And then finally, we're gonna talk about what are some other examples which you can potentially use. Now the reality is that um, many of the clients which I deal with um, run service client businesses which are charging time for money, so hourly rates or day rates. Whether you be a coach, a consultant, or a freelancer, um, competitive pricing is generally used by physical product-based businesses. So um, you know businesses that are selling things like um, Apple watches and Fitbits and cars and things like that. They tend to use competitive pricing. Competitive pricing actually is a really poor business model when it Comes to pricing out services, but I'm going to run through the statistics first. Like I said that I was going to do. So, um, if you were to put a hundred coaches in a room, and each one of those, or, or, or combined, those coaches would produce a hundred pounds worth of value. So, think of this as the total amount of money that those hundred coaches earn when they sell their wares to their clients okay so 100 coaches producing 100 pounds worth of value now you can tell little hint here i've rounded the numbers just to make it a little bit easier for us to break this down but the stats are quite remarkable when when i read them out so out of those 100 coaches and 100 pounds worth of value 10 of those coaches Produce 60% of value. Okay, now that's quite shocking. Just 10% of the coaches in the room produce 60% of the overall turnover. In an industry and this isn't limited to just coaching businesses this is actually pretty much any service client business 10% of the businesses out there pretty much pull off the majority of the income that's generated overall for that entire industry it's quite remarkable so 10 coaches produce 60% of the value 60 pounds of value 30 of those coaches in that room produce 30 pounds of value and this is the really scary part this means that those remaining 60 coaches only produce 10% or £10 worth of the value out of that original £100, that is absolutely shocking. That means that 60% of most businesses are falling well below the average earnings in the entirety of the industry. I mean, it's just, it's shocking, really. And the reality is that means that those 10 um, businesses that are pulling out most of the value are outpricing a majority of of the market which they um, are competing within, um, which is which is just, it's a scary, it's a scary, scary figure. So the reality is that means that a majority of, um, you know, if you're in the coaching space, a majority of people in your industry, 90% of the coaches in your industry are producing just 40% of the value, right? So when you go out and look at your competitors, if you're thinking, how much do I charge as a coach? And you're looking at a majority pretty much every other coach out there who is charging they're earning less than the average the mean of what all of the other coaches are earning so you are copying a business model which is fundamentally flawed does that not worry you ever so slightly so the best possible option you've got, and I know I talk about this a lot, is you end up with three choices when it comes to pricing based on your com- competition. You can choose to be the cheapest in the market because you feel that that's a way to attract clients into your business. You can choose to be middle of the road because middle of the road, uh, you're not the cheapest, but also you're not the most expensive. And obviously, if you're the most expensive, nobody's going to buy from you, or you can choose to be the most expensive. Now, I've talked about this a lot in previous podcasts, so I'm not going to dwell on it now, but the reality is, if you're um, operating in a, in a marketplace of, let's let's pick an example. So let's say, for example, you are an e-commerce shop for tech and you sell things like Fitbits. Now, if you're competing against the likes of John Lewis and the various other electronics department stores out there that appear all over Google, and it's a heavily commoditized product like a Fitbit, where a lot of um Uh, shops are selling exactly the same product, the same version of the products, maybe different variations on the color schemes and things. And essentially, the market is very, very price sensitive. So more often than not, people will shop around or put uh, put the model number of the Fitbit they're looking for into a price comparison site. I think even Google has one of those. And then they'll get notified when the price drops below a certain point, and then people will buy it but the reality is when it comes to service-based businesses, there aren't any of these sort of price comparisons websites out there. Most of it is done by people just sticking their finger in the air and kind of guessing essentially when it comes to um, pricing products. So it's just a really poor way to, to price your products. And Um, You know, again, in previous episodes, I've talked about the dangers of discounting and things like that. But the reality is like you, you, what a lot of these um, big retailers do with prices is, if you think about it, in that particular moment in time, when you see the price drop and you go to the shop to buy your Fitbit, the price you agree to pay at is, is, that's the value which you get at that particular moment in time when you wanted the thing. What you don't realize is that, the price that that retailer has sold it at is only that price in that particular moment. And probably it's fluctuated loads because e-commerce retailers these days are so smart. They will be changing their price literally hour by hour to see if they can gain any kind of a competitive advantage at various different price points. So they test their prices aggressively. And because it's all automated and done through computer systems and things like that, um, they get they get that data and feedback and validation back very very quickly as well. Now if you're a service client business, you can actually model some of that. so you can go out and test and validate at different price points quite aggressively. The challenge is what most businesses do is they'll go and look at the competitors. they'll see most as we've already discussed, you know a majority of um, business owners in your same niche will be selling products at below market value, below mark- the best market rates. So I basically at a discount. And because you see everybody else doing it, you start doing it and you don't see them go and change their prices regularly enough because you're not doing it in automated fashion. You don't have a system, uh, or a computerized system or a piece of software in place, which is tracking what all of your competitors are charging. So you don't know if they're also... Um, creating this competitive advantage by testing different price points themselves either. You're certainly not. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee that you probably set your prices based on your competition several years ago and you've you've barely updated or changed them ever since. Least of all have you done a, an aggressive price rise to test and validate at a different price point. So if you think about it, whatever price point you set, you've given yourself this absolutely zero competitive advantage in relation to what everybody else is charging because you've only ever chosen one price point and never tested any others. So in the long term you've got no data to or, you know to actually validate and get feedback on. So what you actually need to do here is that what I'm encouraging you to do is to have a much more dynamic pricing strategy in place where as often as maybe even every four to six weeks, you're testing different price points and uh, di- not just different price points, but it might be that when you've settled on the price point where you feel you're delivering remarkable outcomes and results for a good value, where you get paid and compensated well for it, but maybe the market is starting to tell you So you're getting feedback now by hearing things like it's it's a bit expensive or it's a bit on the the steep side or we can't afford that. If you're starting to get that sort of validation, and by the way, a good conversion rate is somewhere between one in five and one in three. So you're still turning away more clients than you're taking on. You're getting more rejection than you are acceptance of your offer. Um, You... um, you can actually test your price point every four to six weeks. And then when you hit that point of resistance, and there'll be that natural point of resistance, you can actually start to reduce friction in the sales process by implementing um, payment plans, for example. So rather than feeling like you've got to sell your product for less, devaluing yourself, offering it at a discount, you don't devalue it. You sell it at the value, you know, fair market value, but to make it easier for people to afford it, you offer it. You just simply offer an installment plan, maybe over two payments or three payments or something like that. So, and, and quite often, what will happen is when you say to somebody, "So, is it because you can't afford it, or is it because you don't feel it's value for money?" More often than not, the feedback you'll get when they say no is that they can't afford it; they just don't have all of the money now, like right now. Same goes for a Fitbit. If you think about it um especially the higher end ones there are some cheaper fitbits out there and there's some secondhand fitbits out there but if you want to get a top of the range fitbit or maybe an apple watch or something like that likely it is probably gonna to have to save up for that for a month or two so remember this is all about fair market value and that exchange happening in that specific moment of time for that specific price that you both agree on okay okay and the likelihood is that somebody where something is expensive, they will have had to have saved up money for it. So you can't judge it. When they say, oh, that's expensive and I don't have the money, it's not that they probably think it's not, it's poor value for money. It's just because they haven't had the chance to save up for it because we haven't advertised our prices. Now, that is something for a completely different day. We don't want to go around um, advertising our prices all over the internet because we're not Fitbits. We're not Nike. We're not Apple. We're not any of these big like product-based businesses where we can just flaunt our prices online. We don't want to be dealing with price-sensitive shoppers either because generally speaking, they don't tend to be the best clients. What I found is whenever I've said yes to a price-sensitive shopper, either in my agency days or during my coaching practice days. Um, And yes, I don't mind admitting I've had moments of um, uh, where I've had to pay a dumb tax and maybe somebody said, oh, could you do it for a bit lower? And I've said, yes, bearing in mind, I've been in business 20 years. I didn't know what I know now, you know, 20 years ago. So I've made all of the mistakes. And this is why I'm trying to save you from making these mistakes. Um, You know, there's times that I've given people discounts and then, along the way massively regretted it because the clients who want your your product or service at below market value generally speaking want the moon on a stick they want they want they want you to jump through hoops that none of your other clients get because the other clients understood what value for money was and they didn't quibble it and they thought it was fair the moment somebody thinks it's not fair and the only way to get fairness is to beat you down on price means that they have the upper hand in terms of like now they've assumed a position of leadership and now you are a servant. Just fine. If that's how you want to run a business, that's not that's not how I choose to run a business. I, I want people to feel like there's a little bit of jeopardy involved here. I want clients of fearless business to feel like, you know, they've also got a skin in the game. That's super, super important. Um... So here's a couple of things to think about because I mentioned that there are some disadvantages and there are some advantages. Now that you, you can, if you are sort of early to market, you've come up with a new idea, going in cheap to get a client base, to get case studies, reviews, and testimonials, that can be a really great strategy. Long-term though, it is gonna absolutely destroy your profitability. So you wanna set some boundaries around, if you are gonna use competitive pricing, when you're launching your business, your product or your service, that's absolutely fine, but limit it. So if you're a coach and you're just starting out and you're trying to gain confidence around asking clients for money, by all means, ask for money. And if that price is lower that's, you know, than your competitors, that's fine to get those first three clients through the, the doors. But set the boundaries. Make sure that you only charge it at that price for the first three clients, with a view that not only do they get it at this heavily discounted price, but they are happy to leave a review, do a video testimonial or write up a case study for with you um, so that it can help you to grow your business in the long run. Then client number four, raise your prices to fair market value. And then clients like 10 plus, that's when you want to go above and beyond market value and start charging your worth like significantly more. Remember some of those stats which I gave you earlier on because you'll start to understand as you get better at delivering your coaching or your consulting or your freelance work to your clients, as you get better, you become more efficient at it. You create better results and outcomes to your clients and you do it faster. So they're getting, they're actually getting better value for money from you. And so why shouldn't you be able to, when you add that much extra value to your customers, why shouldn't you be able to charge them more money? Because ultimately like otherwise, you end up in something called the sales cycle of doom. Sell, deliver, sell, deliver, sell, deliver, sell, deliver. And you constantly like selling, and constantly delivering. And you never kind of escape that. And you're never able to um, create long-term success, but either for you or your clients, because you're just too caught up in this like frenetic business of like selling and delivering all the time. So the only way to change that is if you charge more, now you've got more money and more time to deliver a better quality product or service to clients, which produces more money on the back end because those clients are willing to pay more money. And the whole process slows down. The key thing is you've got more time to deliver a better quality product or service than your competitors are. And like the key thing here, I don't know if I've probably, I haven't probably made myself clear, but Um, The key thing here is that you don't just use one pricing strategy. You don't just use competitive pricing. You don't just use dynamic pricing. There is a point with dynamic pricing where you um have got reached a natural point where supply and demand have kind of reached their equilibrium and you can't push it anymore so that's the point when you actually fix it at that specific price point so use a combination of competitive pricing and dynamic pricing and you don't get caught up in the sales cycle of doom also there'll be different external circumstances external pressures on your business as well which means that you're probably naturally going to have to change your prices at some point think about right now at the moment with um everything that's going on in this world uh, over the last couple of years and specifically last couple of weeks you know the impact which that is having on the cost of living naturally the price of everything is going to go up so you can't allow you can't just let your overheads increase and then not increase your prices okay and like we've had a 5.4 percent inflation rate here um you know over the last 12 months and you know somebody proudly announced to me yes robin i've put my prices up by five percent i was like yeah good for you but you're still 0.4% below the cost of living <laughs> like you're actually point, you've you've made a loss of 0.4% by just going for 5%. You know inflation does have a massive impact on um you know right the way through not just on like you know consumer stuff where we buy loaves of bread and um you know heat our houses it actually has this massive knock, knock on impact in pretty much every business around the world because like if your personal expenses go up now you have got to earn more money so you are like naturally your overheads have gone up and so etc yeah, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, You need to test different price points. Don't just pick one price and stick with it. Test lots of different price points so that you know for sure where supply meets demand, okay? And if you do that, if you're willing to experiment with your prices, you're going to have set yourself up for success because there'll be that time when you were thinking of charging a thousand pounds for something and then you remember what this crazy idiot on the Fearless Business podcast Robin said about doubling your prices and you'll go 2k for it and then somebody will say yes and you'll go oh my gosh I can't believe how easy that was why didn't I do that last year okay I know that because I've seen it happen. We've had 250 plus people come through the Fearless Business Accelerator. They all have the same reservations around increasing their prices. This is what we help people do. It is very much around confidence and mindset, but it's also very much about gathering real data and and speaking to real people and pitching our products to um, ascertain where that point of supply meets demand. And pretty much every time, we've been through this process with clients, the price always ends up double or triple where you think the natural threshold, whatever it is you're charging at the moment, if you feel that's the natural natural threshold, I can guarantee there is a world out there somewhere in the future where you're charging double or triple what you're currently charging, okay? Just something to bear in mind. If you want to know more about this, um, please do, um, uh, you know, happy to jump on a quick call We do a 30-minute diagnostic where we look at your prices and work out whether there is a natural point that you might be able to stimulate some more demand at a high price point. Um, The other thing which you could do as well, which would be super helpful is um, go and grab hold of a copy of Take Your Shot on Amazon if you don't already have it. So Take Your Shot is my book where I talk about um, productizing services and pricing. It's um, uh, one of the major principles actually, which I've talked about in today's um, episode of the podcast is covered in that book. Plus you get the context of the whole story in the book as well. Um, So do go and grab a copy of Take Your Shot um, and, um, and let us know how you go with that. If there's anything which you want us to cover on the podcast as well, like by just drop me an email. I'm always happy to take topics and questions and things like that, and get feedback from you listeners because um, it massively helps us understand exactly what it is that you're struggling with in your business. Um, uh, maybe share some successes if you listen to an episode and you think, "Oh yes, I tried that and it worked. I can't believe it." Um, we'd love to hear about that as well. So success stories too. For now, though, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up my microphone and my headphones uh, and sign off for this episode of the Fearless Business Podcast, and I'll see you for the next episode.